Welcome to the Business Blasphemy Podcast, where we question the sacred truths of the online business space and the reverence with which they're held. I'm your host, Sarah Khan, speaker, strategic consultant, and BS-busting badass. Join me each week as we challenge the norms, trends, and overall bullshit status quo of entrepreneurship to uncover what it really takes to build the business that you want to build in a way that honors you, your life, and your vision for what's possible, and maybe piss off a few gurus along the way. So if you're ready to commit business blasphemy, let's do it. Hello, hello, blasphemers. How are you today? How are you feeling? What's good in your world? You know, we are seven episodes in, and I'm actually really proud of myself. I know the statistic that most podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes, and that's certainly something I was aware of when I committed to doing this. I made sure when I worked with my podcast strategist late last year, big shout out to Kristen over at Podcast and Amplify, that we figured out a number of topics ahead of time and we worked out a flow so that it could be easy for me to do you know, what I needed to do. We identified the simplest stuff and the most important stuff that I had to do each week to make sure that the episode got out with not like, you know, without complicating things, because when I complicate things and I get overwhelmed and then I just don't do the things. And so we intentionally created all of the assets and things that I needed to do a plan everything to make sure that I stuck with it. And I made the decision to do weekly episodes. I think that's a good cadence. And it wasn't a decision that was made lightly. I understood that this meant, you know, certain things. Like I had to make sure I was recording every week or batch recording. I had to make sure there was time for editing because right now I'm editing on my own. I had to make sure that there was time to do all of these things. But last week, episode six, you know, it is so funny, the number six. When I used to teach, we had what we called the week six wobble. And it was called the week six wobble because it never failed. Every semester around week six, we'd get students who would start questioning why they were there and whether they were in the right program or not. And some would just flat out drop out at the week six mark. And it was a consistent pattern of behavior, both here in North America, because I've I've taught here at university, and in England, because I taught there at university. And so it was like they would have this existential crisis around the week six mark. I'm sure there's something to that, but that's not really the topic of today's episode. So anyway, back to episode six, week six of my podcast. I struggled, y'all. I struggled so hard that week around what to say and why. And I started to get into this whole spiral of, I have nothing to share, you know, despite having like a list of 50 plus topics that I brainstormed with Kristen before we started the podcast. And I'm really fired up to talk about all of them. And I started to tell myself, I can skip a week. No one's going to mind. People probably won't even notice, or they'll understand that things are busy and that I needed to focus on other things this week. I started to tell myself that maybe weekly wasn't a good idea, and that I could just tell people I was going to switch to bi-weekly. They would understand. Then I started to tell myself that I couldn't do the podcast at all, and I was stupid for taking it on. Basically, I got in my own head about it. And I'll tell you right now, that was 100% mindset. I got in my own head about how much people were enjoying it. I got in my own head about my own capacity. I started to make excuses for myself. And we know exactly what would have happened had I allowed myself to take a week off. I would have taken another week off. And then I would have decided that, yeah, maybe biweekly was better. And then I would have decided that monthly was better. I know my patterns. I've done the work, right? I know how I can get when I start leaning into avoidance tendencies. Because I also knew this wasn't a case of like, feeling burnt out or needing to have time off. It wasn't that at all. It was literally me resisting doing the work. So pulled up my big girl pants, recorded an episode. And honestly, out of all the episodes that I've recorded so far, which is literally five or six, it's not my favorite, but it was one of those done is better than perfect kind of moments. 
And the funniest part is I got a lot of really positive feedback on that episode. So it obviously wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. So why am I sharing this? Because mindset is a real problem, a real challenge for many of us. Dare I say most of us? Dare I say all of us? You will never hear me say that mindset challenges aren't real. There's a reason why in 2021, the global mental wellness industry clocked in at around $132 billion globally, and it's forecast to be around $226 billion by 2030, which is less than 10 years from now. Oh my God, less than 10 years. And mindset is a big piece of that. So what is mindset? Mindset is the set of beliefs or self-perceptions that you have about yourself, and they shape how you make sense of the world around you and how you make sense of yourself in that world. Mindset influences how you think, how you feel, how you behave in any given situation, how you process that information. And it impacts what you believe about things like success, failure, your ability, and you know so many other things. And mindset tends to be shaped pretty early on, or, or at least our patterns of behavior about you know how we respond to things, usually during your formative childhood years. And a lot of people think and behave like their mindset is fixed, like it's set. It's not. It's entirely malleable, just like anything else, but it can be a really hard nut to crack, right? Our belief systems are so deeply ingrained in us. So to change our beliefs, it's it's not a one and done thing. Mindset work is a daily activity. It's a daily exercise. It has to be intentional. And very often, yes, it does require the support of someone trained to help you make the shifts that you need to make in order to bring your belief systems in line with who you want to be, who you desire to be. And believe me, There is no shortage of mindset coaches and other mindset professionals and practitioners out there. So let's be clear. I believe in mindset work 100%. And I'm also a pragmatic person. I know that mindset isn't the whole story. There are a lot of people in the space who use mindset as the be-all, end-all, only thing you have to tweak for unlimited abundance and success, right? There are a lot of people who have conflated things like law of attraction and abundance mindset with mindset work. And there's a lot of rhetoric around mindset being the only thing that you need to to work on when things aren't working in your business. There are some coaches who will tell you that if you're not getting the results in their programs or their courses, it's because your mindset needs work, not their program. I don't like this response because it lets coaches off the hook for actually delivering quality coaching with a vetted and proven process because that's that's part of the problem, right? As an aside, there are a lot of coaching programs and, and courses out there that have been developed without a vetted and proven process. People just decide to coach. I mean, I've, I've done uh, an episode about this, I think, already, so we can go back and look at that if you're interested. They'll often say, if you aren't seeing results, you aren't working hard enough. Or you don't, oh, this is my favorite. You don't want it badly enough. Or your mindset overall is hinky. And yeah, honestly, sometimes your mindset is the problem. But what about when it's not? Now, a little while ago, I had someone tell me my posts about, you know, the realities of business, quote unquote, realities of business, were a clear indication that my mindset needed work, that I was somehow stuck in a space of lack and I needed to shift myself out of it. And and I'll be honest, I laughed pretty damn hard at that. And then I ignored the rest of what they had to say. And even a few years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. I would have gone down this weird shame spiral of, oh my God, my attitude sucks. You know, I, I need to be more positive because... I used to be quite negative for a brief period in my life. It's a long story, a lot of trauma behind it, but I've done years of mindset work, like over a decade of mindset work, and I've worked on myself 
consistently to come out of that and to really get a handle on my mindset and my thoughts. But I'm human. And it does happen from time to time that I get dark. I think we all do. I think we need to cut ourselves some slack for that. Because you're having a bad day or a bad period of days or a bad week or or whatever does not mean your mindset sucks. That's just me being honest, okay? And sometimes people close to me have commented on it as well. Like, you know, you're you're being really negative about that or whatever. So I'm very hyper vigilant about my mindset. It's something that I have trained myself to be very aware of. But even me, sometimes I get caught in cycles where I'm not aware of it. So, you know, give yourself some grace if if that's resonating with you. And sometimes in the past, as an antidote to that, I would have gone down the route of toxic positivity, you know, when no matter how bad things are, you just maintain a positive attitude and everything's going to be awesome. I used to live like that as well, right? That's the other end of the spectrum from being a negative Nelly. You're a super positive Pollyanna. Pollyanna. I have totally dated myself with that reference. The problem with always maintaining a positive attitude is that you suppress or you ignore other totally valid emotions, and that is not a good thing to do right? You are allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to feel angry. You're allowed to feel bad. You're allowed to feel mad. All of the rainbow of emotions of the human experience, right? You are allowed to feel them. You're allowed to move through them. You just don't want to unpack and live in any one type of emotional state for a long period of time. So anyway, back to the story. Some people have said that when I talk about the quote unquote realities of what it takes to be successful or talk about all the unsexy stuff, like having systems in place and working on your values and doing the hard work. And I'm not just wandering around going manifest this and abundance block that. They tell me I have mindset issues. When I push back on tactics or ask questions around program results or what I can tangibly expect from certain courses or coaching containers, I hear you don't trust yourself to see results. Oh, I trust myself, honey, but I just want to know what kind of results you've gotten in the past, right? I want evidence and I want to know what kind of work we'll be doing. Understanding, being completely transparent, understanding that everybody is responsible for their own results, but there's got to be something in that program to get results from, right? But when I push back on stuff like that, that's what I hear. If I tell some coaches that, you know, I'm not financially able right now or ready to invest in something, what's the pushback? Oh, you have money blocks. You don't believe you can make money. You don't believe you can make that money back. That type of stuff. And I'll be honest, that's so fucking dangerous and gaslighty because most people have a very good idea of what their financial capacity is. Someone like me, I budget the shit out of everything. I know exactly when I do and do not have money to invest in something. And I know there's a lot of rhetoric around, well, if you have questions or you have, you know, resistance around investing in something, then you don't see the value in it. No, no, no. I see the value in it. Also, I'm not ready to invest in it. If I am asking you about something that I want to invest in and I say financially I can't right now, it doesn't mean I don't see the value. It just means, you know what, I've got to pay my mortgage next month and that's more important. I'm going on some serious detours here with my tangents. Anyway, those coaches, those people who constantly come back to the mindset thing, they seem to ever only be the people that peddle primarily what I call mindset light, right? They don't have any real substance behind the mindset claim. Their entire business and coaching practice and process is built around the idea that just shifting your vibe or changing your attitude or affirming and journaling your way to abundance will fix everything. Now, I'm not saying that affirmations and journaling aren't helpful. They absolutely are. But in the context of what I'm talking about, It's not like the thing. And a good mindset coach will understand the psychology behind how the brain works and they'll help you make shifts 
holistically. Some really, really good ones even have a background in mental health or psychology or psychiatry. And again, I'm not saying that you have to be certified or a mental health practitioner in order to be a good coach, but these humans obviously understand so much more deeply than the majority and are able to help you see connections where connections exist. The coaches that I'm wary of are the ones who tell you that if you want it badly enough, you'll make the financial sacrifices in order to buy their program or invest in their one-to-one. And that if you don't, you have abundance blocks or you don't trust yourself. Or like I said, you don't trust yourself to make the money back, that kind of thing. The coaches I'm wary of are the ones who gaslight you into thinking that if you're not willing to invest in yourself, you don't believe you have what it takes to be successful. That if you invest money, sometimes even money you don't have, the universe will reward you with abundance. Or that entrepreneurship is the path to immense wealth, success, and freedom. And they've got the key. And that key is mindset work. It's just about believing it and feeling worthy of it. Yes, you have to feel worthy and you have to believe, but it's not all it takes. It's never all it takes. And if you push back, you've got mindset issues. Because you see, That's what they counter with whenever you call them on their BS marketing practices and unfounded promises. You're either stuck in lack or it's a broader mindset issue. When really, you want to be able to hold the belief of abundance while simultaneously holding the reality of your role in gaining that abundance. Let me say that again. What you want is to be able to hold the belief of abundance, your worthiness of having an abundant life, while simultaneously holding the reality of your own role in gaining that abundance. It doesn't work unless you do the work. Look, starting a business is no more a guarantee of immense wealth and financial security and freedom than investing in the stock market or investing in fucking NFTs, whatever the hell those are, or Bitcoin, right? I will never discourage anyone from entrepreneurship. It's been wonderful for me, but it should not be at the expense of your security, particularly if you view it as a Hail Mary. A lot of people were sold the idea of starting a business when the pandemic hit because, hey, this is the perfect time to leave your soul-sucking job and wouldn't you rather work from home, be your own boss, make more money than your loser job will ever pay you? They called it the great resignation. I was part of that. That was me. I get it. But guess what? A lot of those people are back looking for work, not because entrepreneurship is a bad thing or because their mindset sucked or because they didn't have what it takes, but because like literally anything else in life... It isn't the guarantee of anything. And like many of us, they were sold a dream that was too good to be true. You are not going to make $20,000 a month on four hours a week while you sip mojitos by the pool in your first year. Maybe not even in your first three to five years. You're not going to launch a half-baked course idea that you came up with yesterday and pull in six figures on your first launch. And certainly not consistently and sustainably without a bunch of other stuff in place first. And you know that I'm right. And it has nothing to do with mindset to not buy into those stories, to not buy into that marketing. I am not an economist, but I have been seeing posts and ads using the fear of recession and egg prices, let's be honest, to drive people into making hasty decisions. Invest your savings with me and you'll get a massive guaranteed return. Any business model that guarantees you massive success or big return for little investment or minimal effort, walk the fuck away. In fact, anything that guarantees you anything is worth a little bit of caution. You'd be better off taking that money and sticking it into a savings account or fuck, even putting it under your mattress. Don't start a business without understanding the realities of running a business, without knowing what you need and what you don't need, without a plan. And don't let anyone tell you that asking questions and wanting details is somehow a mindset block. 
You can build a successful business. You just shouldn't do it from a place of fear or desperation because you deserve to build a business that lights you up, that brings you joy, that allows you to truly step into your passion, your expertise, and that you look forward to more days than not because that's another reality of business. You're not going to like it every single day. There are going to be days, there are going to be weeks when you want to burn it the fuck down. That doesn't mean you're not cut out for it. It's just the ebb and flow of life, really. But if you are waking up every single day stressed because the money that you have invested hasn't doubled or tripled since you invested it, that's not a business that's going to last. And it has very little to do with your abundance mindset. The overnight successes that you see were never overnight successes. I promise you there is no such thing. If you want to build a business, build a business. Make it your business to learn what it takes and what it doesn't. Make it your business to understand what really went on behind the scenes of someone else's supposed Insta success. I'm tired of seeing people give up because they're in over their heads. You deserve the life you want, but you deserve to do it the right way. And the right way takes time, effort, and the right support. No butt smoke, period. A good business needs more than just mindset work. It takes strategy. It takes planning. It takes clarity. It takes understanding finances. It takes learning to be a good boss, not just to your team, if you have a team, but also to yourself. It takes time management. It takes understanding how to manage and mitigate risk. And yes, it takes mindset work too, but never in a silo. So now that I've ranted at you for however long, you're probably thinking, okay, cool, Sarah, great, yay. Um, but how do you know when it is a mindset issue and when it isn't? Well, I talked this through with my biz bestie, Amber, recently, and we came to a pretty solid very high level differentiation. Okay. And I'm going to put this disclaimer here. This whole thing is very nuanced. So understand that what I'm about to say is not like a black and white definition, but how do you know when it's mindset and when it's not? If you're taking action in your business and it's not working, it's probably a strategy issue or a marketing issue, or your content needs tweaking, or the offer isn't right, or you're in front of the wrong audiences. I mean, any number of concrete things that can be tweaked. The really, really, really big key here is that it's aligned action. And that means aligned with your values, your vision, your capacity, your particular stage of business, right? It's aligned and you are taking action. This is why that foundational work that I harp on and on and on about is so important because it doesn't matter how good the strategy is or the marketing plan or the sales strategy or the content strategy or the messaging. If it isn't aligned with your vision, values, capacity, and all that other stuff, no amount of mindset work is going to fix it. But that's usually the first thing people look at because it's quote unquote easier than looking at the unsexy stuff, the hard stuff. So if you've done the work, and you've put that aligned foundation in place, and you are taking action consistently, and things still aren't working the way you want, then we start by evaluating the foundation. This one is nuanced, but the point is, mindset work ain't going to fix what isn't necessarily broken, but maybe fundamentally wrong to begin with. However, if you're struggling to take action consistently or at all, mindset may be at the root. So if you've invested in strategy, and you've invested in content and messaging, and you have systems in place, and you've done the work of putting that foundation together, and you've made sure it's aligned, and you're still not taking action, then we need to look at your mindset. Because you may think it's aligned, but something is probably rubbing up against a value or your integrity in some way. And that may be why you're not doing it, or you're not doing it the quote unquote right way. And so it's not working. So honestly, again, we would start by evaluating the foundation. Like, what do you fundamentally believe about yourself or believe about your business or, or how you want to show up? 
And is that in direct conflict with or in direct opposition to how you're being told to show up or you're trying to show up? Because that is a mindset issue, right? It could be as simple as it's just uncomfortable to be out there speaking your truth because the truth leaves you vulnerable and uncomfortable. The brain doesn't like to do things that are uncomfortable. So sometimes it's just a courage boost that we need. We need to work on that that mindset block. Other times it's a deeper block, you know, that has very little to do with alignment or comfort that you do need to work with someone to identify and overcome, like legitimately fearing success, right? Not knowing how to hold the success that you desire. That happens a lot more frequently than you think. So there is a spectrum of mindset work that it could possibly be. So going back to the example that I opened this episode with, how did I know my week six podcast resistance was mindset? Because I had strategy. I had topics. I had a solid foundation. I had all the tech in place, the systems in place. I had messaging, all the pieces I needed to get my podcast done every week. And they were in alignment with my values, my vision, my truth, because I have done the fucking hard work of getting really crystal clear on who I am, how I want to show up and what I want to say. The resistance was coming from a deeper place, a trauma, a childhood wound around success and being liked. It's something that I'm very aware of and that I've worked on with a trained professional human and I continue to work on because that sucker runs deep. When I first started the podcast and I had all of this just incredibly positive feedback, I was getting message after message of people telling me they really loved it and they enjoyed my personality and they were, you know, waiting for the next episode to drop. Like I had a full body trauma response to that. I had this enormous like huh moment, right? Where <laughs> I literally contracted and that's that's why the week 6 wobble for me happened because of this childhood wound that I'm working on. And that's the thing too, right? Like With mindset work, you can work on it proactively rather than reactively. You don't have to always wait for problems and resistance to pop up before you seek mindset support. And I think it's it's important to have good mindset practices or mindset hygiene, as I call it, in place that you regularly engage in to keep your level of self-awareness high. Because if you're truly doing the mindset work, you're also usually able to trust yourself to know when it's mindset and when it's not. Because that's what mindset work allows, self-awareness. It's not a quick fix that's suddenly going to take you from no money to multiple six figures. And it can be one piece of a strategy where you have to work on mindset in order to hold the level of success that you desire or that you've achieved. But mindset is never the key to success on its own. And if you're doing the work and things still aren't working, start looking beyond your mindset just a little bit. Evaluate what's working in your business and what isn't. And be honest with yourself. Take a look at your strategy, your socials, all of those things we talk about. And if you do need the support or the advice of someone to help you identify where the issues are, hire someone. But hire someone who has the ability to see beyond just mindset, who can see everything in a holistic way so that you're getting support with the right things. I mean, you can even hire me. I still have a few spaces left in my birthday offer, the 47 free consults that I'm hosting in Q1 of this year. It's a 30-minute consult call with me, absolutely free, not a discovery call, not a sales pitch. We sit down and we actually work on a problem that you're having in your business. Head to the show notes for details. And that's it. That's that's what I wanted to really share. It's not always about mindset, and sometimes it is, but it's always about business and it's always about how you want to run and grow yours. Hopefully this gave you some food for thought. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Come hang out in the Business Blasphemy podcast community over on Facebook and let me know what you thought about this week's episode because this is one of those topics that I get really, really fired up about, really passionate about because it is so nuanced and there's just so much that we can talk about and I just didn't want to make this episode like three hours long. So come hang out, head to the show notes, join the community, let me know what you think. And remember, you've got this. Let's do that work together. All right, I'll speak to you soon. 
That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Business Blasphemy Podcast. We'll be back next week with a new episode, but in the meantime, help a sister out by subscribing. And if you're feeling extra sassy, rating this podcast. And don't forget to share the podcast with others. Head over to businessblasphemypodcast.com to connect with us and learn more. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have success without the BS.